Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Falcoholic Podcast and live listeners, welcome to another dual episode of the Falcoholic Podcast podcast slash live here on the Falcoholic. I am Kevin Knight, your host at Falcoholic. Kevin on the Twitter, joined by my illustrious guest this evening. He is Thor Nystrom at Thor KU on the Twitters from NBC Sports Edge, friend of the show, friend of mine, uh, senior bull hero. Thor, how are we doing today? I'm doing well, Kevin. How are you doing? Doing good, doing good. We're going to be getting into the Falcons UDFA class today. Uh, I know people keep asking me questions about them, and like literally, I think there's maybe a handful of people in the entire uh, NFL media landscape that actually know anything about these UDFA players, and one of them is for sure Thor Nystrom, who scouts uh, 500 players every year for his Thor 500, and actually has graded and uh, ranked a good number of these UDFAs. There's always a few that, you know, sneak in there that we've never heard of, but um, which I'm sure for you is a much bigger deal than it is for me. It's like, oh, wow, I can't believe I haven't heard of this guy. But um, yeah, we'll get into it, guys. We'll talk about some of the more interesting ones as well as some of the guys that didn't end up getting signed. Uh, maybe we'll just start off with that one, the, the, the crown jewel of the Falcons class that wasn't meant to be uh, Kentucky offensive tackle, Dare Rosenthal, ended up not actually getting a contract after rookie minicamp. Um, I know you liked him. I certainly liked him, but the fact that he didn't get signed is a little interesting. Uh, let's so let's just start off with uh, with Rosenthal. Yeah, it's probably the most stunning one for me that he that he didn't get a contract. It, he was for me. He was one of the more talented guys in the, the entire class that didn't get drafted. But he had those those big time maturity questions, right? Like he goes to LSU as a defensive lineman. They convert him to offensive line. He starts playing right away on really good teams, right? I mean, like starting in 2019 or whatever. Plays start start playing right away shows a lot of ability, but he he you know he had all the the um, uh, disciplinary issues or whatever. Then he he ends up going to Kentucky, but this past season he was the left tackle on a really good offense at a really good offensive line, and and a team that you know before twenty twenty one it was this extremely run heavy, um, not a fully fledged offense. I would say you know those, those offenses yeah. were like Terry Wilson, Lynn Bowden, you know it's just the run heavy thing. But this past season. Will Levis, you know, I'm like, you know, and, and uh, yeah. Wandale Robinson, it was a fully fledged offense that both ran and passed. He was the left tackle and he played really, really good, both as a, a pass protector and as a run blocker. I thought the kid was going to get drafted with the only caveat to that being the character concerns. Now, I, I can evaluate the tape and I can certainly look into the athletic profile and stuff like that. I'm not in with the kid during the, the um, you know, the interviews and stuff like that. And I, I, do, I can't talk to every single person around him. I can't do a, a full background check. So, I, I, you know, as far as the character stuff, you can't go as in-depth as the NFL teams. So so with that, you know, I don't have the exact same uh, uh, information that the Falcons do. So, you know, with, with that being said, I, you know, I, I don't know what the Falcons know about that. But as far as the talent, 
it's surprising to me that he didn't didn't you know at least get the contract. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least for camp, right? And it's also surprising, like theoretically, you would think the best he could do would be the rookie minicamp tryout that he got with the Falcons. Because if he'd gotten a full contract with any other team, you think he would have just taken it. So um, clearly, there there's something going on there. Obviously, like Thor said, uh, we are not privy to that sort of information unless someone actually just calls us up and tells us. Uh, so you know, we, we're not in the meeting rooms. We're not in necessarily in with the coaching staffs, and uh, that was always the question with them because I think he was early day three talent uh, that I expected to I go mean, in that range. So dude, dude, at least, I mean, you're yeah. talking about a guy who was six, seven, I mean, damn near 300 pounds and super duper long. Oh yeah. Then bendy could protect the edge athletic. And again, a guy at, at the, at the highest levels of college football, who you would see combat some of the best edge rushers in college football. Certainly this past season, again, as the left tackle, on a pretty damn good SEC offense. So pretty pretty dang surprising. But again, we're just talking about the on-field stuff, the athletic profile, the projection on the field, yeah. the maturity stuff, the, the locker room fit, stuff like that. That's the stuff that's harder to speak to because that's the one area of the evaluation that we don't have the, the, the full information on. Yeah, I agree. So it's, you know, like a, that's, that's what we do. We, we grade the film. That's all we can do. We can't grade the, the off field stuff. We can note, we can put a note in there about it, but that's up to the NFL teams to sort of determine how much risk they're willing to take with that. And that's why we see surprising guys fall and not get drafted like Rosenthal every single year. And it's, it's shocking to us, but for NFL teams that clearly they have some sort of information that, that changes their eval. Um, let's keep it on the offensive line. The other, uh, undrafted guy there that ended up getting signed was, uh, another well-known, uh, tackle in college, Tyler Vrabel, uh, uh, related to Titans coach, Mike Vrabel. Uh, he comes in, joins his former, uh, his, uh, another, you know, disciple of Mike Vrabel, I guess you could say Arthur Smith in Atlanta. What do you think about that, uh, addition? I would say he is sort of the polar opposite. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. He's he's a guy who has athletic limitations, but is a work your ass off, uh, you know, t- technically yeah. savvy, is going to bring the lunch pail, doesn't have any character you know, concerns whatsoever. Whatever Vrabel can get out of himself, you're going to get from him. It's just his ceiling is capped by the, the athletic limitations and, and the limitations of, of his athletic profile. But I mean, again, whatever he can get out of himself, he is going to get out of himself. You don't have any concerns about about Tyler yeah, Grable's, yeah. you know, character. Yeah, sort of polar opposites there. And I do wonder. I I mean, I won't sit here and say I watched like you know games and games of Tyler Grable, but someone looking at the measurables, you think possibly could be a guard convert at the NFL level? I, oh, I think so. Yeah, and, and and I think that's probably what it has to be because unlike you know unlike the uh, you know Dare. There, at least, you know, with with the length, the bendiness, the athletic profile, you could consider him a potential guy that could guard the boundary, you know, at the NFL level. With Vrabel, because of those athletic limitations, I think he's he's going to be forced inside at the next level. But again, you don't have the character concerns with that kid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think Vrabel, his RAS was a lot better at guard, too. Sort of like Jalen Mayfield, who the Falcons took last year. If you run his RAS at guard, it actually looks like he's like a solid to good athlete. At tackle, it's like, mm, I don't know about this. So that is an interesting one, too. So I, I, I did like that something. I think Vrabel, like you said, a guy that's going to work really hard. And, and I, I think they'll. I think he's got a chance to stick, at least in the practice squad, certainly. Um, but we'll see how that goes. Um, 
Yeah, in terms of other, they didn't sign any UDFA quarterbacks or running backs, which is interesting. Usually teams sign at least one. I remember last year, all the talk was about um, JV and Hawkins, who didn't end up making the roster either. But R. I R. loved that. RIP. Yeah, yeah. yeah RIP the Hawkins dream, man. I, yeah. I was with you on that one. Um, wide receiver that they signed a couple guys, uh, Stanley Berryhill, uh, Tyshawn James. They signed the uh, the lacrosse star, Jared Bernhardt. Any, any thoughts on those guys? Um, let's well, James, James is kind of interesting with, you know, just in terms of the profile, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he's a complete dart throw on measurables and, and that's why he was interesting sort of in the, in the pre-draft process, just because of the way that, that he tested. I mean, that that was why he was, it's why he made the Thor 500, to be honest with you, it's why he got onto my radar, you know, after he tested the way that he did tested in the 95th percentile after measuring in at at six, two uh, and two eights and, and 214 pounds. That's why you bring him into camp, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you see what what that manifests in on the practice field. That's why he's interesting. He's jumping way up in levels. So, you, I mean, we'll have to see, you know, how, how that's going to manifest again against NFL competition. But he certainly has the athleticism to play in the NFL. So you just see how, how that that's going to end up playing out. But it, the guy's got NFL juice. That's not a question. Yeah, yeah. I think the highest ranked guy that they signed – uh, of the wide receivers was Stanley Berryhill, who I haven't seen at all, but I know there were some fans that like his game. What do you think about Berryhill? Berryhill has the hands for it. You know, he, he, he's got good hands. He can run the routes. It's just, you know, with, with him, he doesn't have quite the athleticism that, you know, for in, for instance, James does, but I, I like, I like the kid's hands, you know, it's just, you know, it, does he have the athleticism for it? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. A, that's the big question there. Yeah. Have you seen any of that lacrosse guy, uh, Jared Bernhardt? I, I know he didn't test out super well. I think he ran like a four seven, but. Um, Not as much of him on, on the football field, but, but he is, you know, I, I know that there are some people that are interested just because of the way that he moves around. You know, it's, it's one of those uh, Bill Belichick likes those kids, yeah, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah, bring him in and see what he looks like on the field. Yeah, absolutely. Um trying to see i don't think there was really anyone else on offense that got brought in uh that ended up catching my eye so we'll switch over to the defensive side uh starting with edge uh i know the the interesting name there was a uh, coney dang from uh usc who i guess has played like every linebacker position i know some people like his size profile uh any thoughts on on him on on dang i think his name is or d-n-g I know he didn't play oh, much the kid, last year. The, oh, yeah. the kid from um, yeah, oh, he, from Cal. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Maybe it's Cal. Yeah, maybe it's Cal. Yeah, that kid um is really interesting. I remember um, oh, who was it? Um, I think it was. Uh, I, I don't want to misquote, but there was. Uh, I think it was Mark Jarvis on Twitter turned me onto that kid like two summers ago. He he really really liked him. Um, he's cr- not Mark Jarvis. Dang, is super <laughs> is super duper long. Like he's sort of like um, he's like a tarantula on the field because he's so he's so long levered. He's crazy raw, though. Um, he, he's really, really raw, but he looks like an NFL player like on the yeah. field. Um, it's it's just you're going to have to keep building him up. Um, and, and I don't know if he gets there, you know, in, in time, but but he certainly looks the part. Yeah, yeah I. Honestly, I thought he was going to come along quicker, um, especially because he got the extra year because, yeah, yeah. you know, because of the COVID thing. 
Um, the, the other thing I'll say is he didn't test as well as I thought yeah, he would. Yeah, yeah. He didn't come along as quick as I thought he would, and he didn't test quite as well. He looked um, more athletic on the field than he, he tested. And maybe it's – you know, Kevin, like the, the long lever guys that chew up grass quicker when they're yeah, running? Yeah, the, you long know, strides. Yeah. Exactly. They, they, mm-hmm. they sort of appear faster than, than, than maybe that – you know, whatever. He's one of those guys – He's a weird player where, where it's like um, the, the some of the parts don't quite add up. And so I, I don't know if it's it, that's always going to be the case or if he's going to be a guy that coalesces really quick. Um, if, if, if that never happens, that's fine because y'all didn't give up anything for him. But, right. I, I, you know, in, in the UDFA ranks, I think it's juice worth the squeeze because the guy certainly has ceiling on, on the measurables alone. Right. I mean, a, a guy who's six, five and a half, 244 and has he has flashed in the past on, on the field. Right. So te- teach the kid, you know, and, and and we'll see. And I do. You know, he only tested slightly below the 50th percentile. Right. Right. But I do think there's more like dormant athleticism. And, and maybe that's just my, you know, be, because I've seen him on the field, like where where it's flashed a little bit more than that. So, so maybe it's just I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's just my bias or whatever, where. Where, I, where I'm just sort of like extrapolating from from the you know a few plays, but um, I I do think there's a little bit more there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, let's see. I know they signed a, a lot of defensive tackles, like interior guys. Um, I think Derek Tangelo was the one you had ranked highest uh, from Penn State, and he's someone that I actually thought flashed a little bit in college too. What do you think about that addition? He's got some gap gap shooting to him. He. A, a smaller three technique kind of a fella, but he, he does have some, some gap shooting potential. I don't know if he's got the play strength. I mean, we'll, we'll end up seeing on that, but you know, I, I mean, like as, as far as a three technique guy that you bring in, hey, you know, you, you, you can see, and he, he showed a little bit of athleticism, I think during the, the pre-draft, you know, tested in the, the 75th percentile, 296, um, you know, a little bit less than 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 62 or whatever. Uh, I ranked him 361 overall, but yeah, I mean, he he showed a little bit, and then he played in the the Big Ten or whatever. So yeah, um, yeah, Penn State, you know, they 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 produce NFL players regularly. So <laughs> yeah, and you know, and, and and that's what his game is, right? Like it's it's just trying to shoot the gap. So he showed a little bit in college. I'm I'm certainly fine with that, bringing him in, and and he might show you enough to to grab one of those active roster spots. Yeah, maybe, or just sort of a, a like favorite for the practice squad because they definitely have room for people to to make the squad at least. I mean, this isn't they have a lot of guys at defensive tackle, but other than Grady Jarrett, uh, not a lot of established guys. So there's certainly opportunity. And 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 speaking, of, I, you know, I, I was just going to say, for, just for my perception, and then you know, like I was just going to say, it seems to me that Atlanta has done a pretty good job with finding guys like that, yeah. you know, over the years. So so. I don't know, but you know, maybe they find something there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like last year they signed, I think Anthony rush off the street and now he's going to be their starting nose. So it's like, you know, they, they do a pretty good job at getting these end of, you know, end of roster type of guys. They just need to do a better job at getting the like starter, you know, really good starters <laughs> next exactly. to Grady Jarrett. They've been trying to do that ever since Grady Jarrett's gotten drafted. And so far it hasn't worked out super well, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, and then the other big name they signed was uh, Nate Landman at linebacker, who I know you really liked. I definitely liked as well. Thought he would get drafted. Um, I know the injuries have had something to do with that, but what do you think about uh, Landman? This is this is the guy that I really like, and and this is the guy that I think could could hang around for a while. 
The one thing, well, okay, I'll say two things that Nate Landman lacks. The the big one on the field is is straight line speed. I, I think he ran a four eight two. The other one is he needs to stay on the field. Um, because of the way that he plays, he gets banged up a lot. He has a very, very violent game. It's it's extremely heavy on collisions because his whole game is between the and it's some of it yeah, yeah. outside the tackles. But it's 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 a lot. He he's going to be in a lot of collisions because he makes a lot. Of, he makes a damn lot of tackles. Yeah. He is a huge plus against the run, um, and that's where he should be playing on on the early downs against the run. The it's it's both between the tackles, but again, he, he can go sideline to sideline too. He does lack the the straight line speed, but as far as the, the athletic profile, not really the rest of it. He, he was really good in the three cone and, yeah, and yeah. The, the jumps as, as, as well. When he was off the field for Colorado, their defense absolutely cratered. He is awesome against the run. You know, yeah. in college was absolutely fabulous against the run. Really raised the, the the tide there. Like I said, just I mean, both efficient, but just you know, absolutely like a, a, a wrecking ball against the run. Triggers really, really quickly, and then he can pick down the line just super, super quick. And then he's just you know shooting up the gap and and just blast people. Um, he's a leader uh, on his team, and then he's super duper efficient. You know, when, when once he sees it, he's bringing the, the 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 ball carrier down. It's just you know he he can you know he can do all that stuff. It's just the durability. You know, yeah. you know he's he gonna bring the guy down. It's just the the collisions are always there, and then yeah. you know yeah, the, does his body can it hold up with, with the with the type of the way that that he plays. In coverage at, in the NFL level, I, I don't know if he can ever do that because he lacks that straight line speed. Yeah. But against the run, I do think his game is absolutely going to play at, at the NFL level, again, if he has the durability to yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah, and then, you know, the Falcons are moving more to this three, four looks. And, you know, you can usually protect one of those inside guys against yes. the coverage responsibilities. So I think, you know, the same thing with like Rayshon Evans. Uh you know, that they're going to ask him to play the run, you know, not going to have a lot of covered responsibilities. And I think Landman could be a perfect backup for Evans, uh, you know, and fill that same role. And especially like if Deion Jones gets traded, which honestly seems to be like that's going to happen um, post June 1st, uh, then it, I mean, Landman's walking into a roster spot then. I mean, he, he that's the fifth linebacker right there. So um, I think he's got a great chance. Yeah. And for a team on the developer or a team on the contention curve where, where Atlanta is right now, why not keep a guy like Nate yeah, Lambman? Yeah. He, he's also, you know, again, like the sort of the opposite of what there is as far as yeah. a guy that you bring into your locker room. He, he's one of those guys who's going to die on his sword. I mean, Colorado, like the, his, his coaches, his teammates absolutely rave about Nate Lambman. They love that guy. So he he's going to be a guy who's going to raise the tide of everyone around him, you know, like on, you know, his teammates and everything like that. That's a guy that I would want on my team. And if if he doesn't make that active roster, I promise you two things. They're either going to try to to, to either pretend that he has an injury to get him onto <laughs> injury reserve, or they're going to do everything they can to sneak him onto that practice squad. Yeah. Yeah, and they're they're definitely not opposed this regime to to keeping an undrafted linebacker. They did it last year with Dorian Etheridge, who made uh, the roster out of the preseason and stuck basically all year. Um, so they're definitely not afraid of doing that. And I think that Landman, I I would say Landman is the the biggest favorite for a roster spot of all the undrafted guys at this point, uh, especially with Rosenthal not making, uh, not getting signed. I think that Landman is definitely the favorite there. 
Yeah, um, Ke Kevin, you know, one of the things with, with CODs, you know, we, we talk all about like, you know, the, the film grinder guys, you, they, they always, you zoom in, you know, like on the micro stuff and like, oh, you know, his, his hand is moving back and his footwork and all this stuff. Sometimes you got to zoom way out and, and focus on other stuff. Like when that guy's off the field, the team's performance craters. Like I, I remember with, with Josh Allen at Wyoming, people would focus on, you know, all, all this, this stuff about, you know, his, you know, you know, the, the stuff about like, you know, again, like his footwork or, you know, that he moved this way or he moved that way and all this stuff. And they, they you know, that that's what caused them to rank him in the hundred forties or the hundred fifties. And it turns out he was great. But one thing that, that, that I ended up focusing on was his, like two of his last games when, you know, in his college career, Josh Allen got injured and Wyoming's offense that year, it was, it was, it was really, really bad. Um, it was, you know, one of the worst in, in, in the FBS, but when he got injured those last two games, Wyoming's offense, it was literally one of the worst FBS offenses. And I'm not kidding that I have ever seen, like it was, it was sub FCS, like when their, ba their backup quarterback came in. So Josh Allen's presence alone raised it from like, you know, being like, the 280th best <laughs> offensive college Historically football. bad, yeah. Yes, like up to the 120th. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's an enormous difference. Nate Landman, it was sort of the same with, with yeah. Colorado, where it was like from like the 250th to the, you know, 110th or something. That's something, man. Like yeah. when one player can change a, a, a unit's performance that much, and that's what it was. You go, so go back to, for instance, the 2020, that COVID year, that Colorado team was act it, it it way overperformed expectation. This past season wasn't quite as good, but that the first year of Carl Dorella, Colorado, it, it way overperformed expectation. But once Nate Landman got injured, the, the reason it was it was overperforming was because the defense was playing way better. But once Nate Landman got injured, the defense just absolutely cratered, and the whole team went to shit. Yeah, and and that was why the whole defense cratered without him. That guy is a player. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would not be shocked at all if he makes it. I think he's maybe other than the punter, they signed Seth Vernon, uh, the, the undrafted punter, because they really have like no established punter whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the favorite I would say, uh, in terms of making the roster, Seth especially Mount if, Vernon. Yes. Yes. That yeah. dude, uh, I like Seth Vernon. That dude's fun, but, uh, yeah, I think Landman, uh, is, is the favorite definitely there. Um, couple more guys you you had ranked that we'll touch on real quick uh safety brad hawkins uh i think you had him like in the 400s so definitely someone you you've watched uh what do you think about that i mean it'll be tough to crack the falcons roster at safety with like the four guys they sort of have at the top there but uh what do you think about him he's another one who has never been the sum of his part i've always want i always wanted brad hawkins to uh breakout i guess and he just never quite did. like every year it was like oh this is the brad hawkins breakout year and he just <laughs> never quite did um I, I guess if you were to sum it up with one thing it's like he i, I guess lacks instincts you know like it, 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 it i guess that, that that that's what it would be he has all the talent and and so once the light turns on for him if it ever does um his game is going to elevate quite a bit it, it's like in coverage, you're waiting for him to, to just immediately trigger or immediately understand what his assignment is or against the run to, to understand, like, now it's time to go downhill right away, right? And, and once he, you know, understands the assignment right away, all of his natural ability is going to play out. It, it's not a question with natural ability with Brad Hawkins. And so once, 
you know, I, I don't know if it's a, a matter of coaching with him. I, I wouldn't guess that's the case. And that's sort of the scary thing because he had one of the better coaching staffs in college football. At, at Mich- I mean, he quite literally had an NFL coaching staff at, at Michigan. Um, so, but like he, so the good thing is, is you have an NFL talent in Brad Hawkins. I, I actually think he, he has NFL talent. Um, it's just, you know, can that light ever turn on for him? It's, He's sort of a grab bag, but I, I I will pound the table that that he has NFL talent. It's just is you know it's it's sort of like you're opening up an Easter egg where you don't know what's inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree. I so it, I think it's obviously those are the types of guys you want to sign as undrafted free agents because it's like it's not costing you anything. It's not costing you a pick. You know, just see what you got. See if maybe you can fix fix them or get them on the field. But uh, definitely yeah. a. Definitely a hill to climb for him to make the roster. And then the last guy we'll talk about, uh, Matt Hankins, the cornerback, someone who I think folks liked. And then he ended up uh, testing out in like the 12th percentile. So obviously that didn't help him. But what do you think about him? Yeah, so I, I got to watch a lot of Matt Hankins because you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm an Iowa grad or whatever. It, it's yeah. funny. So, you know, I ended up putting, let's see, where did I put him? I, I Okay, so he made the very end of, of the Thor 500 and... Um, he was he was right on the line, and I ended up putting him in there because I I in college he was a very good player, Matt Haggins. Um, it's just he he sort of category he sort of categorically lacks NFL a- athleticism. Um, in baseball, you would refer to this kind of a player as a quadruple A player, right? Are, are you familiar with that term? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, um, but but what was funny? And, and again, I I really like Matt Hankins as a foot like in again in college he was a very very good football player um but what was funny is I got several dms from you know because a, a lot of Iowa Hawkeye like a disproportionate amount of Iowa Hawkeye fans follow me in comparison <laughs> to you know other fan yeah, base yeah. just because I you know I, I went to Iowa or whatever there was a lot of angry Iowa Hawkeye fans that were like, why are you not ranking Matt Hankins higher? And it's like, well, because he doesn't have NFL athleticism, you know, like, um, and, and that's really the case. I mean, like he has skills. He absolutely has the technique. And by the way, like we were talking about how Michigan has the, an NFL staff. Iowa also does. I mean, yeah, Iowa's entire staff would have been coaching in the NFL a long time ago. If Kirk Ferentz wanted to coach in the NFL, right? Like mm-hmm, right. He, he has turned down, more NFL jobs than, you know, we will ever know, you know, like yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, but so like Matt, and that's the only impediment to, to Matt Hankins. He even has, uh, you know, the, the, the frame for it, right. He, you know, he's a little bit skinny, but you know, he's, he's six feet tall or whatever, yeah. six, little over six feet. And then he 181, but tested in the, the 12th percentile. Yeah. So, yeah. so, I mean, that's it, but he can do anything you want on the field, right? Like again, technique wise, footwork wise, I mean, he's got ball skill. I mean, Everything that you want, it's just the athleticism isn't there. So there are a few cornerbacks, and I'm talking a minute few, that can get by with the the athletic profile that he has in the NFL. And I'm talking a minute few. Can he be one of the few? It's possible. It is possible. Um, If he can, that he can make. And that's why I put him there. Right. Because I, I do believe in him as a, but he, he's a quadruple A player. But a few of those quadruple A cornerbacks do make it. I do like Matt Hankins as a player, but that those are the odds that he is facing to make the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, Tease Tabor, who the Falcons also signed as like a veteran, you know, a guy that has bl- below average athleticism. It's not quite 12th percentile. I think it's like 40th percentile, but like 
everything and you know and T's certainly hasn't been like a great NFL player but he's certainly been someone who's stuck around for four or five seasons now so you know I think that's probably Matt Hankins's like ceiling as like a reserve guy that can can play special teams and that sort of thing but um you know I'm pulling for him I'm pulling for all these guys to, I'm to too dude, to, dude to I mean he it. yeah people need, like he's a good he's a good ass player but I mean he ran a four seven three, so that's yeah. That's just oh, that's tough. That's really tough. It's really tough to make it uh, with that. Just the NFL. You're every, eventually you're going to have to cover a Tyreek Hill. You know if you're if you're on the active roster, one day you're going to line up with a guy who runs in the four threes, and if you run a four seven, man, it's going to be ten yards before you're like five yards behind. So. Yeah. Um, It'll be rough, but uh, maybe, you know, maybe you just had a bad day. Maybe you just had a bad day at the, at the testing, you know? Maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe you could shave a, a tenth off of that at some point. But, uh, Thor, uh, any, I don't, I don't know if there's anyone else we missed. Um, I think that was all the big, all the big names. Um, so unless there's anyone else you want to talk about, uh, go ahead and wrap this up, guys. Uh, he is Thor Nystrom at ThorKU on the Twitters, at NBC Sports edge uh thor anything else you're working on these days you want to let the people know about um i did uh at nbc sports edge i put out my nfc let's see what do we call it? nfc uh hall grades uh and I'm, I'm doing afc hall grades today where i combine the what each team got in the draft and in udfa um so you can see the total talent that each team got and then i divide it by the draft equity that each team uh spent to try to give an idea of the ROI that each team got in, in, in the draft. So kind of a, kind of a fun exercise that I do every year. And then you guys can find my work on uh, Twitter at Thor KU. All right. Perfect. Well, Thor, thank you so much for coming on guys. Uh, I'm Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin. Like I said, guys follow the show at Falcoholic live at Falcoholic pod on the Twitter. You can check out the live show on YouTube at the Falcoholics YouTube channel. And if you're listening uh, to the podcast you can hit that on all your favorite podcast platforms like subscribe all that good stuff again guys thanks so much for tuning in we will be back again on wednesday night at 8 p.m eastern for the next live show we'll see you then guys have a good one thanks <laughs>